like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books, then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Science Fictionary Podcast. The podcast where we talk about all things science fiction, fantasy, uh, superheroes, and comic books in the world of pop culture. And I am Daniel, and joining me today are Andrew. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And Marisha. Hey, y'all. And David. Hey, everybody. Right. So we, we were talking a second ago about uh, our plans for these for upcoming cons if they don't, you know, all get delayed, but forever uh we're gonna we plan on uh having a vendor booth or an ex exhibitors booth at uh next year's wizard world new orleans is that right that's what we want to do i think so i think yeah. that'd be fun yeah no i think that would be a good one for us to have a booth at we've we've been going to that one for a while we're familiar with the con and i think we should uh go for it that would right. be the most fun thing i've ever done you volunteering to help man a booth david yeah, I'm volunteer. Yeah, he volunteers distribute. Uh, one hundred percent. Awesome. So what I'm hearing what is, do what? What happened to your camera? What happened to your camera? Your oh, there has been on this on this funny screen for a long time. Yeah, it's just been a picture of you for a while now. You, my froze. He's smiling yeah. though. Yeah, you're smiling. I mean, it's all good. <laughs> so oh, what? Just really happy. What I'm hearing is David is volunteering to man the booth while all the rest of us go play. Is yeah, that what everybody else have, is hearing? I think that's, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Y'all have a <laughs> lot more money to spend at these things than I do. Not I don't know. It kind of depends on how this It kind of depends on how this quarantine thing goes as to whether or not I still have a job when it's yeah. over. Um, Got to hold praise a house when you can't go in the house, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, banks don't tend to like to spend money whenever things are un, uh, you know, well, that's uncertain. Andrew will be Andrew will be broken, unemployed, and he can man the booth while I go comic book shopping. <laughs> that'll, that'll work. Perfect. Um, really, I really hope by January next year it'll be fine. We're not all so broke. <laughs> if everything, if, if if we're not back to normal by January next year. We're in the middle of the Walking Dead show anyway. Okay, so, like, I have to say, I was thinking today, like, all this stuff that's going on right now seems like the backstory to a bad sci-fi show. Like, <laughs> you know, right. like, Revolution, um, which kind of started out pretty good, but really well, fizzled toward the end. It fizzled the toward the end. Season one of Revolution is excellent. Okay, but it, it did not get better as it went. It, it did not. Okay, but it's like, you know, it's like the weird thing. It's like, you know, global pandemic and, you know, now everybody has to stay indoor for six months out of the year. Or now, you know, the government took control of everything because they had to when there was a pandemic and they're not giving it back. Or now everybody has to keep a live goat in the refrigerator for milk. <laughs> that is how that works, right? Definitely. <laughs> a live goat in the refrigerator. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense, but it's fine. <laughs> But I mean, it does. It feels like like the like the backstory that you kind of you know find out as a series goes on that this is the sort of like thing that happened back in the day that created this weird yeah. world that we live in now. 
Well, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Contagion, but no. we are literally living the plot of Cant- of Contagion right now. Oh yeah, it is a it is about a disease caused by bats that starts in China and slowly spreads to every other country. And hmm. so, but you're right; it's like a sci-fi show. I it's I saw a funny thing that said uh, in five years there's going to be an HBO special called Corona. <laughs> it'll be all about oh wait what's what's even better than that is if y'all remember rapunzel was quarantined i saw this earlier and it cracked me up i didn't make the connection myself but rapunzel was cor- quarantined her whole life and met the love of her life so think on the positive side Do y'all remember the name of the kingdom entangled uh corona in- corona <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, but, but no, I think uh, I think a booth at a uh, at one of the cons coming up is a uh, is a good idea. Something to look well, forward also, to. Yeah, but also think about it. If you're manning the booth because you're going to be you know unemployed anyway and won't be able to spend money, <laughs> then you won't have to miss. You won't have to go any more terrible panels. True. Like. What was the one? People don't eat rotten tomatoes. Only sheep eat rotten tomatoes. Oh my God. Yes, the premise was I tried that was to talk you out of that. Like you, you remember <laughs> like that whole uh, rotten tomatoes has like a thing is being paid off by Disney. That was yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I, I think that's really one of the only a, panels I ever walked out of. It seems kind of rude. There really, but there really was like a a, a rash of people going in and bombing the scores on these movies. Remember that whole big thing? Mm-hmm. And that's Marvel. what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely happens. I, I don't, you know, that's that's the whole thing. I don't think any digital, you know, if it's digital, it's always going to be have, have flaws. I'm really hoping with, with being in a, a national election year that someone doesn't uh, come up with the brilliant idea that, hey, let's vote online. Because, yeah, that's oh going to work out. It's huh? a weird world. But no, that's not the worst. That was the worst panel I ever went to. I think might be the only one I've ever walked out of. But me and you, Daniel, we went to a Star Trek panel. Maybe me, you, and David. I know which one you're talking about. And yeah. it was another fan-run panel. And it was basically just like the old, the, the old school fans who don't mm-hmm. like anything except the original and TNG. And just bashing everything new. <laughs> I yeah, remember were, that. The, half the room was full of people who still enjoyed Star Trek, and the other half was full of people who, like you said, they were just bashing anything that had come out since Deep Space Nine, basically. Mm-hmm. And Dude, that was that's so the mad. only that's the only panel that I ever got up. Like you said, the only one you ever walked out of. The only one I ever got up, walked up to the microphone, and turned around where I could face the audience and tell them all what idiots they were. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. And yeah. Not, in, in so many words, yes, I did. I said, y'all are all in here talking about the J.J. Abrams movies. And this was right before um, In the Darkness came out. So it, we were only one J.J. movie in at the time. Mm-hmm. Only one Kelvin timeline movie into it. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I said, dude, y'all are all in here bashing these movies. In two months, 
every one of you will be buying a ticket to go see In the Darkness. And everybody just kind of went, well, yeah. (laughs) Y'all, you know, because I actually, I actually like the Kelvin universe. I do too. I love it. And one of the reasons I do like it is because the smartest thing they could have done was create the alternate timeline. Yes. Giving us, Mm -hmm. yes, giving us our original Spock. Yes. And sending him back in time. And now we have an alternate timeline and none of our continuity that we hold so dearly as Star Trek fans has been erased. It's all still there. Right. This is a completely different universe now. Different versions of the same character moving forward from there. And we still had Spock connected to both universes yep. to give us a little bit of connective tissue we needed. But it is, but our, every, all the stories you saw and loved from 1967 on, still it's there. All there. And, and it's still moving forward. It's still moving forward. We have Picard now. Mm-hmm. Who still, is, is which, actually, yeah. It's filling in kind of some of the the story with the Romulans. Uh, Picard exactly. is, yeah. The where Picard picks up is from that event that mm-hmm. played a part in creating the Kelvin timeline. That event happened in the Prime Universe. This is how mm-hmm. it affected the Prime Universe. We saw how it affected the Kelvin Universe. Here's yeah. how it affected the Prime Universe. Yeah. So, but yeah, those people were just driving me nuts. And David kept David could see me getting more and more irritated. He kept elbowing me. Go say something. Go say something. <laughs> <laughs> Agging him on, huh? Yeah, I wanted they, you to, to stand up for your beliefs. Oh, man. They were killing me. <laughs> so, I had, but yes, so the the Kelvin timeline of Star Trek, the JJ universe, as you call it, I enjoy it because I am able to accept it as two different things. Yep. And it is. It's its, its own <laughs> thing. It's old it's not old trick it doesn't it it is what it is it's a sci-fi action series that's that's what it is and i do like and you know what i like those kind of movies mm-hmm. and so you know what i'm able to accept this as something different and i'm able to enjoy it and i don't know why more people can't do that yeah we already got wrath of khan you saw it so do you just want them to do it again like it's there it's still there go watch that movie it's not. There's no problem with a different thing existing. Exactly. So, for those of you who don't know, David has not seen all the films that's part of the series of this show. So, David has seen no Kelvin timeline. What? Right. I think I've seen that. That means like the 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 J. Uh, the J.J. Right? Abrams movies. Yeah. I I saw the first one. I know I've seen it. I can't tell you anything that happens in it. You're gonna. Okay, well, you're, I, I can like, tell you this. You're gonna like that one now. When you get back to it, you're gonna like it more now. Yep. Having more track experience. Right. Well, you're gonna have some more perspective on who Kirk and Spock are as characters and Bones, mm-hmm. and uh, you're gonna appreciate what those actors did a little better when you get back to that movie. Man, yep. they we're cast not giving it. any spoilers. We're no. not giving any spoilers. We're they not cast it, it so well, though. Well, there is one. There is one in particular who is perfect. But we're going to wait for David to see the I, movie. I already know, because I think you've told me, Carl Urban as Bones is perfect. We're going to wait for David to see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Was that why you were shushing me a second ago? 
Do what? I think he was shushing, shushing. Uh, yeah. me and Marisha, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was just shushing the whole thing. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I saw it on the camera. Right. I mean, I know I've seen enough. I, I know about the whole Kelvin timeline. Like, I, I, I have the scene in my head of Spock on, like, a planet with with Kirk and like, it's like a snow plan. Like I have the scenes in my head. Yeah. I can see it. I, I remember carbon as bones. Like I, I have flashes, but you're right. I don't, I think the only panel that I ever walked out of was weirdly the, uh, X-Men, the animated series panel that I went to this last year that had the full cast of the show. Wolverine, Cyclops, Gambit, everybody wow. and i was so excited to go to it it was i was like so hyped and i remember i went and i walked out because it was the most boring thing that i've ever seen in my life it's because they're all like super old now and th- every time they got asked a question like i remember one question in particular was like um if you could play live action any superhero who would it be like and every single one of them went through and like i think i'd play my character that i already played it's like oh thanks Thanks. Appreciate that answer. Really nice. And I was just so sad and disappointed. So that's a funny thing where it's like, even these panels that should be really amazing, if you don't have the right personalities on them, it's just you can't can't get through them. They're, they're hard to sit through sometimes. That is true. Yeah. yeah. And if you have enough personality, like, man, we went to a panel at Dragon Con that was supposed to be Zachary Levi and the two young co-stars from um, Shazam. Uh, Asher Angel and Billy, oh, not, what, what the other kid? Who, I can't remember his okay. name. Um, but anyway, they were all supposed to be in the panel. The other two, the kids both had something come up. So it was just Zachary Levi. And I mean, and just running his mouth a mile a minute for a solid hour. I mean, so many F-bombs, y'all. You would not, I'm like, I, I looked at my kids and said, I better not ever hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would bet Zachary Levi would be entertaining. Oh, but he, he is. But so I have no idea how manic he is. He's so, apparently very manic. Yeah. And he just once he starts, he, he can't stop. But it's like it was literally just him, just sitting there, just talking, and it was you know. But he could pull it off because he's you know engaging and interesting, and you know I, had things to say. Yeah, I'll tell you one panel I went to. Daniel, y'all did not go see Captain the uh, Captain K cosplay panel at Wizard World a couple years ago, did you? Where he, no. the guy that cosplayed J. Jonah Jameson? No, we yes, did see that. I did. Yes. You know, no, because actually, I saw the guy. I didn't go to the panel you're talking about, but he also did one at the same Wizard World where it was J. Jonah Jameson putting Spider-Man on trial. He did it completely in character. Yes. It was hilarious. That's the one I was talking about. He did a fantastic job with that. Yeah. That was great. I will tell you, anybody listening, if you have a chance to see this guy, what's his name again, David? uh, That's Captain K Cosplay. Yep. Yeah, he he also does um, Sexy Gandalf. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) He does do Sexy Gandalf, which is kind of weird. It's very bizarre. Um, and he does a really convincing Constantine. Yes. That's cool. I think he's frozen. I, I think his audio froze this time, too. Yeah. No. Everything. Okay, you're there. there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was yeah. looking something else. I had to... 
That's okay. I had the camera off, man. I was looking at something else. But no, uh, Captain K Cosplay, if you get a chance to go see him do his J. Jonah Jameson panel, definitely do that. Yeah, he kills it. Super entertaining, yeah. You know, the best panel that I've been to, and I'm sure y'all will agree, even as old as he was, Stan Lee still put on the best panels every single time he was at Wizard World. He was like, he could barely move, but he was still as sharp as a knife. He was, and he really enjoyed sitting there and, and answering questions for the fans. Mm-hmm. And had the funniest responses, and people would ask questions that, I remember like specifically my dad was like, what a bunch of idiots asking these questions. Like someone was like, oh, if you could, what's your Harry Potter house? And it's like, Stan Lee's never seen Harry Potter. But his answer was, he was like, I have never seen that. So which which one's uh, has the most handsome men? I'm in that one, <laughs> and I yep. That's it's, it's, I just loved it. It was so heartwarming to see, uh, even though he was so old, it was um, he was still so funny and so on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he always had a lot of fun too. At Dragon Con, we saw I think the last year he was alive at Dragon Con with. Um, Gwen Stacy on one side and, and Mary Jane on the other, riding it on the back of a red convertible, just waving. <laughs> it's like, I mean, y'all, it's like got at least 90 degrees out there, but he was just having the best time just waving at everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> at the back of his, uh, in the back of his car there. Yeah, the, yeah. I think the first year we went to Wizard World, he was the um, main guest. He was the main guest for the parade. Yeah, I got his autograph that year oh Oh, that's awesome what a joy yeah i've never washed my hands since shaking his so (laughs) oh dear you better we're staying away from you buddy to not washing your hands with the crap going on in the world right now (laughs) that's why it's why you know our our other show is coruscant radio underground but all of our shows are a little bit underground now (laughs) it's true (laughs) but uh oh what was the other panel I was going to mention a minute? Because we were talking about him. and uh, Oh, when you went to the X-Men animated series panel, David, and you missed Jim Steranko right. interview to go do that one. That's right. I did. And that's my biggest regret. Steranko talking, telling the story about how he got into comics. And it was a crazy story. Like it all happened basically in a day. Or Wally Wood was a friend of his, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, but Wally Wood was a friend of his, and Wally, uh, for people who don't know, Wally Wood uh, was the creator of uh, Namor the Submariner, co-creator of Daredevil. He was working for Marvel Comics at the time, and Jim used to come see him. Jim was an, an art director for a magazine, and he would keep trying to talk Steranko into doing this, and he kept telling me he didn't want to. He said, you don't understand, as an artist... If you don't give this a chance, you'll regret it. So he went in. Uh, I forget which comic company it was, and he he got an assignment to do a book. He did the book. He brought it in. The art director just tore it apart, threw it out, whatever. So Steranko took his character, and he spent all day in New York City going around from publisher to publisher to publisher, and he met the publisher wow. of every single company in a day and ended up deciding to work for Stan Lee. Oh, and wow. it, it was it was a it was a cool story, but uh, so you missed that one to go to the worst panel you ever went to, and the best person I've ever seen at a con is William Shatner. He will go off 
off the craziest yes. tangents that have nothing to do with the question that was asked, but everything he says is fascinating. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. And, and he to will himself he'll most of all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Fortunately to us too, a little bit because he keeps you interested. And it, he, like I said, goes all these wild tangents, and then he'll in the middle of the story he'll go. Okay, what was the question? And then he'll start again and go, okay, did I answer your question now? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but he's he, he's great. If you get a chance to see Shatner live, you need to see Shatner. And he really has mellowed out, and he has a good sense of humor, and he is a great storyteller. And the guy who got up there and asked him how he prepared for lightsaber battles, and he just <laughs> rolled with it, I'll never forget that. Because he knew the guy was trolling him, and he just well, he answered the question just like he had handled a lightsaber every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you, some of the other panels we've had really good luck with um, that I've really enjoyed are some of the ones where we've gone to see uh, comic book creators, writers, artists, and authors, all, yeah, authors. So, and a lot of times, if you really watch when some of those are scheduled, you wind up in a room with some of these great, all-time great mm-hmm. uh, comic book writers and, and artists, and you're in there with like 15 people. Yeah. And you get to just ask them questions. Yeah, yeah, that, that's always really fun. Um, whenever you go somewhere that you're that it's just at a weird time, and so it's like a small audience gets there, it just feels a lot more personal and really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, I've discovered, a great little treat is whenever you show up a little early for a panel, that you want to go to and you get stuck watching this panel you didn't plan on seeing and it turns yep. out to be the coolest thing ever. That's how I've discovered that I really, really like Carl Urban. I was about to say that. <laughs> I think because the three of us showed up to that Carl Urban panel super early and it was the most entertaining thing I've ever seen. I saw that day. That That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. I didn't go to that panel. Really great. I was we hurting children. Carl Urban. We were going to the panel that was after Carl Urban. I didn't go just... to the one after I was hurting children. <laughs> Well, was was good too. What well, what was after Carl Urban? I don't even remember. The the costume contest. That's when that's when Wizard World still held the costume competition in the big auditorium. Oh, that's why I wasn't there because I was so, backstage hurting. Children. Yeah, you were back right. So the rest <laughs> of us go in. We 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 were gonna you know Get costume seats. contest. Yeah. So so well, we'll go ahead and watch Carl Urban too. That's you know double bonus, and that was he was he was really good. Is that the year Adeline was so cute on stage and twirled around, and everybody went oh, and Andrew didn't get a video? Would that be the year we're this talking was, about? I, I don't hmm. remember. No, I remember when it was, Trisha, because this was the adult costume contest. You had taken the kids back to the hotel room because it was the last event of the day. Oh, okay. It was that yep. year. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember after leaving the Carl Urban one, we were all like, "Why did we not even think to go to that?" Like, because mm-hmm. then you start thinking about it, and you realize that Carl Urban is in a lot of stuff yeah. that we all really like. Mm-hmm. Like, he's in a lot. He really is. It's kind of un- every once in a while you're like, "Oh, Carl Urban from you know Star Trek and Lord of the Rings." Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you like, then you start like making a mental list, and it's a little unreal. Yeah. Yeah, he oh, was. He's in Dread. Uh, yeah, that was before Dread, but he was in a. Uh, he had just been in the first Star Trek movie, and he was actually in a show at the time on Fox. That 
I loved called Almost Human. Mm-hmm. I really liked it too, but it didn't make it. Almost Human was really good. And he actually said, when somebody asked him about it, he, he said one of the favorite things he's ever done was Almost Human. He said, I just wish someone had told me it was so much work. <laughs> he said, TV is hard. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was. He didn't give up on it completely. Good. He's still, he's doing the boys now. So. Yeah. And he's perfectly cast for oh yeah the butcher so, yeah. yeah yeah so good that reminds yeah. me so i don't know how many of you care but the last of us is getting a show on hbo and that's one of my favorite games and i just want to, i just want to spend one of the throw out there you know who should play joel hugh jackman but he's not gonna so carl urban should play joel and if you know anything about the last of us i think that is a great casting because i think he'd actually do it once again i don't know if anyone if any of you even played the game but i don't play if you're if you're listening (laughs) if you're listening though and you're a fan of the last of us please in the comments tell me how right i am yes that's all (laughs) that's all david needs in life is for all the comments to tell him how right he is he would be a good joe and we could get on this topic for a minute actually let's let, let's cast the the uh, Last of Us show because Carl Urban I think would be good. I know a lot of people ever since Logan have had Hugh Jackman in their mind. It's that kind of character. Mm-hmm. Of um, course, I just don't think he'll do it. Well, but okay, so who's going to play Ellie? Um, I mean, Ellen Page literally looks just like Ellie. Ellie was unapologetically modeled right after Ellen Page, but she's a little old now. So I don't think Andrew, have you played the last of us? I know you I haven't, it. I haven't played it, but are, you're aware of it though, huh? I, I'm aware of it. I don't know that much about it. I don't know that much about the characters. It is like, I know the premise, easily, but I don't know much about yeah. the characters. It is easily one of the best story games I've ever played. Um, I remember like I rented it on, on, my dad's Xbox, I mean, uh, PlayStation actually, like from Redbox, and played it uh, for a week straight. It was, it's, it's a really great game, really great story, and it's just about a father. And when it comes down to it, it's about a father and a daughter, hmm. uh, and so that's why everyone thinks. And Joel's like that, that dad, and and right. imagine Logan, imagine Logan, that is who Joel is okay. basically, and so that's why everyone thinks he'd be a great. Uh, Joel, but I don't know who'd play Ellie because they, I mean, there are, there are the obvious answers like Millie Bobby Brown, whenever it's like, Oh, who can play a young girl? Millie Bobby Brown is the answer everyone has, but that's cause she's so good. I think Macy Williams would be great, but she's a, she's getting a little old, yeah. older for it now. I'm looking and, at pictures and yeah, she looks pretty young. Yeah, she is. She's about uh, 16. Okay. I think. Or maybe even fifteen. Well, well, it it depends. It depends on where we're going to start the story, on what story we're going to tell. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard it said that they're going to start with Last of Us One and actually bleed into the Last of Us Part Two by the end of the show, which is a pretty big deal because that's a pretty drastic uh, time change. Actually, like Ellie's two completely different ages, so if they're going to bleed into that, I would almost imagine they'd have to double cast it because yeah. it's a good bit in the future when last of us part two takes place. Yeah. But who do you think should play Ellie dad? 
I'll tell you a young actress we haven't seen pop back up really. I mean, I don't, I don't know what she's done, uh, but she did a really good job in the role. She didn't have a lot of speak, you know, really any speaking, but the, the young girl, and I don't even know her name, played the young girl in Logan. Oh, that's true. Right. Right. Alongside Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And I think she would be great as that too. She's actually like, just in the couple years, she is, looks like she's grown up a lot and doesn't look like a, you know, I, I, I heard that same thing and I was like, oh, well, she looks like seven. Well, if you look at, no, she's, she, she looks like the age that Ellie would be. So you're right. I think that'd yeah. be good too. You're talking about Daphne Keene. Yeah. I don't know that she, she definitely has talent and that's really all it takes. It, it doesn't, we've said that before. It does not matter. Just cast talented people. They, you know, so I'm not sure, but I am, I am interested in that show and I'm not even sure. I know David knows when it's supposed to be released, when they're going to start filming. You've got more information about that. Cause I don't even know. There's no information yet really because they just announced it. So I have no idea. I don't think there's even like a release date or anything. I mean, um, I can't imagine anybody's going to set a release date on anything right now. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if they had one in place, they're well, not. Yeah. We actually, one of the things we were going to mention is Black Adam, that they, they've, right now, I mean, that was just recently announced, that shooting in August, the release date on it is December of 2021. So, and Dwayne Johnson made some comments on a video. Did y'all check that out? Uh, I read about it. Yeah. I didn't. Would I'm you make sorry. His comments? Uh-huh. He, he talked. I said, what do you make of his comments? He, he kind of goes into some of Black Adam's history and his powers, and he mentions Superman a lot. Yeah, that's what I noticed the most was that he mentions that he would love to fight to square off against Superman and see that happen. And mm. Right. First thing that comes to mind is like, oh, that's never going to happen, but stranger things have occurred. So... I think it's def- with the with somebody like The Rock behind the role. I think it is. I think anything is possible with it because this movie could come out and it's going to make money because The Rock's in it. And so after that, it could become the most popular thing in the world, just like Guardians of the Galaxy were nothing, and now they're the biggest thing. So the only way that we're going to see a Black Adam versus Superman movie is if this movie comes out and it's super huge and The Rock keeps pushing for it. Who knows who's going to play Superman because that's so up in the air of if Henry Cavill's going to be back or not for that. Hmm. I, I just I kind of think Henry Cavill's done. Um, I think all all the arrows are pointing to him being out. Yeah, I think and what I've seen including, actually including talk of him popping up in in Marvel. Real talk of him popping up in Marvel. There. There have been a nothing specific, but there's a lot of rumors starting to float around about him making the move over to Marvel. Go for it. I will. I will watch him do anything. So I'm all for that. What I've seen a lot of is that actually, if it feels like Henry's out, but that he doesn't necessarily want to be. That's what I've gathered, at least. Is that from what it feels like to me? Is he would happily come back and play oh, yeah. more of Superman? Well, I think it, Warner Brothers just, doesn't know exactly what they want to do. I think you're right. I mean, there was that talk of they were considering Michael B. Jordan because they're just throwing out like different casting. I, they, I think they said they were considering Michael B. Jordan to make him more relevant. Is what the quote was, and 
So you're right. I think they have yeah. no idea what they want to do with it. They're considering all options. Hmm. They don't, and I and I think I think the door's probably still open for for Cavill to come back. So we'll. Yeah. Okay, I'm just well, saying that. Ra- oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I would definitely pay money to see, uh, The Rock and Zachary Levi in a movie together, because they both have great comedy sense and i think the two of them in a movie together could be really really fun well yeah and that is going to happen i mean black adam is a shazam villain but black adam is such a complex character though that they with some of uh the rock's comments um in the video he posted today really was explaining that the the first movie is going to be black adam's origin story and then later we'll see him interact with, I would assume probably the second movie we'll see him interact with Shazam. And, um, but he spent a lot of time just comparing black Adam to Superman. And it was, it was really interesting. You can tell he's very excited about it. I didn't realize, I guess I knew, but just didn't think about it that it's been over 10 years. He's been attached to this movie. They started, yeah. Warner brothers approached him about being involved in 2008. Eight. That's insane. Jeez. Yeah, before Man of Steel, before they ever, you know, started whatever this last little stretch of movies has been, whatever you want to call it, their DC universe. So even before mm-hmm. Man of Steel, they were talking to The Rock about being involved, and so he's wow. and he's hung on to it. It is something he is passionate about. It's something he wants to do, and he actually said he feels now that. He's he can be even better at portraying the character. He's got more life experiences. He understands the character better. He can uh, bring something else to it. So, and he's but, matured know, as an actor have, too. Yeah, and we finally have some definite movement forward on another DC film. Of course, That's but though, awesome. like what Andrew said, like Andrew said, though, all, everything being delayed because uh, I didn't. Black Widow got pushed today, right? I think it's actually been a couple of days, but. Uh, yeah. They pushed it uh, indefinite postponement. Right. Mm. So, but they're saying right now they're going to start in August, and the release date for that is uh, December of 2021. But I don't know. Other than that, I mean, it's, I kind of looked at the box office today, y'all, and I know theaters really just started closing this week. So when you look at weekend box office numbers, they're still from last weekend. Um, and not a lot of effect. I think Onward still did about ten million. Bloodshot did like nine, yeah. which I don't mm-hmm. think is real good. But maybe well, some of what's going on is is kind of scaring mm-hmm. off. And you've got kids out of school, so they spend mm-hmm. some. I, I I don't know, but I do know. I do think we're going to see these box office numbers drop. And it's, that's not something we normally talk about. It's not something I'm normally interested in looking at. But with the theaters closing and things, I got curious. So, a lot of these movies are going to uh, video on demand right away. Some of what was supposed mm-hmm. to be released here coming up. Um, a couple of things um, that released right right before the theater started shutting. Um, I know Emma went straight. You know, went straight to VOD and a couple of others. Well, they even bumped up Disney Plus. Bumped up the availability on Disney Plus of several 
series that weren't supposed to be available for, for weeks or months. And they also released the uh, digital version of The Rise of Skywalker like two weeks early. Mm-hmm. On Voodoo and other digital think, platforms. Yeah, I think it finally, once, once they got it all sorted out, I think all the digital pre-orders went live like two weeks early. Honestly, though, we may be at buy the digital version because apparently Amazon and other retailers have started prioritizing what's going to be shipped out. So we may not be getting a digital, I mean, a actual physical DVD for a while. So you may just have to break down and buy the digital version, which Andrew's right. sad about. He likes his DVDs and, you know, to make his wife find places for them. <laughs> DVDs are so cool, man. You laugh, but literally in our last house, we had an entire dresser, not with clothes in it. No, it was full of DVDs. Not one drawer. My hope chest. Dresser? Giant. The dead gum thing is like two by three, and it was full of DVDs. <laughs> two by three. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Lots of DVDs. You gotta. Well, y'all should have plenty to do. Oh yeah, we're we're not we're not hurting. If the no. internet <laughs> if the internet goes, we're good. As long as we still have power. <laughs> I love DVDs. <laughs> But yeah, that's that does it really sucks seeing all these things getting delayed. I mean, I'm, I'm it's it's it makes sense. I understand why they're doing it. I'm not trying to complain. Yeah. It's just it does. I I think I'm I'm I had that mind where I think about oh man, who's getting laid off because of the money that's being lost from these things? And you're not uh, kidding. Yeah, yeah. Back, There's a lot backstage of backstage crew is gonna for a lot of these studios are, are going to be hurting. Just like yeah, people that work in absolutely. restaurants and, and yeah, they, I um. But luckily we're open, but we're, I just, we're closing like where I work, we're closing like three hours early. So I'm losing three hours every shift, but it is what it is. But, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan and WrestleMania is getting all messed up and and WWE is going to be fine, but there's a lot of indie shows that go around a lot, um, that go on at the same time. Mm -hmm. Those are all getting canceled. There are indie show producers that are saying, no, I'm not joking. I have to sell my house now. Because I put everything into this show, and now I gotta refund everybody's tickets and and everything like that. Oh, so wow. yeah, yeah, just it it really sucks. And I and you're right, the backstage crew is getting laid off, and especially like smaller movies um, that would be getting theatrical releases. Disney is gonna be fine, right? Themselves, but yeah. you, you got to think about the smaller companies that come in. I mean, food caterers for the for the set for the mm-hmm. set and stuff well, like that. Uh, you know, like we said last week, we had, you know, several projects that were supposed to come to Natchez this year. I mean, and for a city of 20,000 people, um, that's significant. You know, that kind of money, that kind of, um, that number of people even mm-hmm. coming in, you know, so it's, um, it's oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, for Natchez, you're talking about affecting the whole town. Yep. Yeah. It really sucks. And it's just a really crappy situation that I think everybody's just doing what they can to make the best of it. I'm, I'm happy to see a lot of, uh, this is sort of off topic, but like my friend works at Starbucks and she's not going to be able to come to work, but they, her salary's paid for, for hmm. a while. So I'm happy to see yeah. some companies uh, doing what they can to, to make the best of the, the situations, but it yeah. is affecting a lot of movies. I did see a comment though. I forget who said the comment, but somebody made it clear that it is not going to affect Marvel's overall timeline. Cause there's a big thing of like, I think Andrew mentioned it last week of, what does this mean for the other 
movies that are coming next. If you push off one, you're pushing off all of them. Right. But hopefully it won't be too much of a ripple effect and they can get things back on track soon enough. That would be good. We're going to get back to normal yeah, as soon so, as possible after there's no more danger. Or when there's no more DVDs. <laughs> no worries. Y'all can come borrow <laughs> DVDs from us. We'll throw them out the door. We'll stand six well, feet away and we'll throw them. <laughs> what are y'all streaming then? Y'all just y'all are just trying to catch up on DVDs? Or I, I know y'all are streaming something. Oh, no. Something. We, okay, so I still buy physical media. I like my physical media, but... I buy digital. I buy I buy Blu-ray plus digital code when I buy. And then he leaves the DVDs in the boxes for all of all of time, not to be touched or disturbed but, or scratched. But one day, we're gonna need those discs. Whenever Voodoo <laughs> goes bankrupt, because <laughs> Walmart's okay. hurting right now, right? Walmart's not right. hurting right, y'all. Yeah. Whenever I went earlier, okay, so I've been to Walmart not once but twice today for antibiotics for sick children. Because we've been, you know, like the carousel of strep throat around here this week. So much fun. And so whenever I went in the second time, there was a guy with a can of Lysol. And I said, I think you may have just found the last can of Lysol in the entire country. And he kind of beckoned me to come come closer. He says, there's a pallet in the back by the layaway. It hadn't been unloaded yet. That's where I got it. So I paid for my <laughs> prescription and I hauled my little booty back all the way to the back to the layaway to find me a can of Lysol. Because did I mention we've got strep throat? All of us uh-huh. are on antibiotics oh, for strep throat right now. Do we want? Time. Do we want to you know just like keep germs forever? No, we need Lysol. It was, a, mm-hmm. and so I go back there, and there's a girl with like three things of Lysol in her arms, uh, employee. And I was like, "I'm, hey, I hear there's Lysol back here. Not anymore," she says. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. I was like, "All right, I guess you got the three last three kids of Lysol in that." Just. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the uh, the currency of the apocalypse: yes, Lysol, Lysol. And, and toilet paper, toilet paper, toilet paper yeah. and hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. And DVDs. And DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah, but that's my that's my point is we gotta do something to entertain ourselves. I really was curious what we've all been watching lately. Castlevania just dropped on Netflix, season three. Mm. Is it good? Have y'all watched Castlevania? No. I is that the one that's kind of um sort of anime? It is it is animated, and this is the gold standard for how you adapt a video game. Huh. Well, I'll have to check that out. I haven't watched it. It's kind of vampire isn't it? Yeah. It's about like Marisha, a vampire hunter, just, right? Just sit there and look pretty for a minute. <laughs> yes. I Castlevania you, is about <laughs> vampires. <laughs> okay. If you were here, I'd punch you in the face. Andrew, you've not let her play Castlevania? I don't play video. Okay. When we were dating, we agreed. I would play video games if he would learn to dance. I did. He danced once. He danced once. And I played Halo one time. I did. I like I faced the ground and I spun in circles. And then I got reoriented and I faced the ceiling. And I spun in circles. And he never asked me to play Halo again after that. And so, <laughs> from then on, I just watched him play video games. Okay, well, for those who don't know, including Marisha, yes, Castlevania it was a it was an it was an NES game actually, 
And mm-hmm. it since has been on Xbox and PlayStation. It's been a long running series, but it's about the Belmont family. They are a family of vampire hunters. Dracula is their mortal enemy. And the concept of the original game is you are literally working your way through Dracula's castle. Okay. So that's where the name of it comes from. And it is, we follow Trevor Belmont in the series, even though my Belmont is Simon. Okay. We didn't get Simon. We got Trevor. Um, but it is, it it's good. It's the, um, we actually... No, I'm not giving spoilers. Never mind. Is Let it a better video game no adaptation than The Witcher? I don't count Witcher as a video game adaptation because of the novels. Oh, that's fair. I actually I thought that after I said it. And it is very, very heavily based on the books. I, I know. I'm just still. Um, all right. Well, what about uh, the Warcraft movie? I mean... Isn't that the gold standard? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, ta- uh, Travis Fimmel did so amazingly in Vikings. Like, I mean, he killed oh, yeah. it. And he went and did yep. that movie, and it was like, oh, that's kind of exciting. And then the movie bombed. And he and you ain't heard from disappeared. Him which is a shame, because he's a brilliant actor. But, like, that one movie, you know, was this big budget, you know? Hmm. My favorite of my favorite thing he's ever been in is Baytown Outlaws. Oh, I've not seen Baytown Outlaws. Is it based in Baytown, Texas? Um, I'm not gonna tell you nothing. Just go watch it. It's got him and Clay Crawford. You know who Clay Crawford mm, yes, is? Yes, yes, yes. He and Clay Crawford and Daniel Cudmore doing classic Daniel Cudmore things. He has zero lines. He just stands there and looks badass. <laughs> so it's uh it, that was that was a good movie. It's kind of, it's got a little bit of a cult following. It's kind of a cult movie right now. Um but no I do really like Trey. Like you said he killed it in Vikings. Mm-hmm. And then I was so disappointed with Warcraft. It was like yeah. oh why? I How didn't did see the movie, up? but I did see the like pictures of the orcs and they were that's enough. That's enough to know. That was enough to be great. like, yeah, I think not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. With Warcraft, it's one of those things. Like, not only do you have all the video game source material, you've got really great writers like Christy Golden writing novels. Mm-hmm. It's like you had story. Like, yeah. all well, you had to do was like make it look good. And the Dega <laughs> movie came out 15 years after Lord of the Rings proved that you could make really ridiculously unrealistic things look great. Mm-hmm. Like there's no excuse for a movie like that to look bad in a post Lord of the Rings world. There's just not. It's so frustrating whenever it's so obvious how to make something good and they just don't, don't do it. It's mm-hmm. like, like, like you were saying, like you have all this source, ma- just do that. Just do that. Which is why I love the Witcher. Cause it just did that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't been watching a whole lot of new stuff except for, I have been trying and, Dad, I know that I don't think you've been watching it, but I have been trying to catch up on The Walking Dead, actually. And um, I'm not fully caught up yet, but uh, there was just a mid-season finale uh, uh, just a couple nights ago. And um, 
it was pretty. I heard it's 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 been pretty good, but I've been watching and catching up on and trying to catch up on it, even after Rick left. Uh, but I'm curious what you think about this, Dad, because did you see that Robert Kirkman commented on what apparently caused the whole virus? He do what? Robert? Oh Kirkman. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did see that. Not on it. It don't I, matter. Kirkman, it, Kirkman has said for years that he was never going to reveal in continuity what caused it, that he really didn't know what caused it, and he really didn't care what caused it. That wasn't the point of the story. So if I he says that. now, here's what caused it, I really don't care. I know. that. That's why I wanted to ask. Would you, okay, tell us how you really feel. Uh, right, that's why I wanted to ask you, because you, you know the story, the joke of the story is, and I know Dad's heard this, but I don't know if Andrew and Marisha have, he pitched the idea to image as a alien book that aliens caused the virus. Well, that's how he had to sell it. Cause they wouldn't do it. Was, yeah. It was a lie. He was lying. And but now what he's lying. saying, that's actually not what happened. That it's, uh, there's a not, did he not pitch it to image as aliens caused the virus? And that's the big twist. And he was telling a lie. no, what? I thought you were. You said that's not what happened. Are you talking? What do you mean? No. What What happened was Kirkman actually told Jim Valentino that what the story was going to be was it was an alien invasion that they had caused the zombies as a way to weaken human society to prepare for an alien invasion, and it was going to be an invasion book. Mm-hmm. Just sell it to him because they wouldn't let him do just a straight zombie book because horror didn't sell. Clearly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he came to yeah. Somebody bye also, bye the... uh, some... right? And actually, what what Valentino said was he could have said if Robert had just told me the truth and told me it was a story about a father and son, I'd have bought it. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. just tell me, tell me it's about the people. Tell me it's about a father and son trying to survive in this world. He said, mm-hmm. and I would have, I'd have been all on board. He didn't have to lie to me. He, he said, Valentino said they got about 10 issues in and he goes, there's no aliens in this book. <laughs> <laughs> so, But uh, Robert Kirkman apparently has now said, he is saying that, oh yeah, it was aliens. Aliens caused the virus to weaken humans for an invasion. Well, now we know. Right. He's just playing off of the original. Yeah, so you think he's trolling? I can't believe he even brought that up. Yeah, he's trolling. It <laughs> oh, doesn't matter. Please it doesn't matter me. what caused the virus. It does not matter what caused the zombies. That's not the point of the story. We I agree not with you. It's not pure the zombieism. Point of the story. We're not trying to do any of that. It doesn't matter. I agree with you. It doesn't matter. I love the show very much. I just think when the writer of the show allegedly does this big thing it's worth mentioning for a second maybe maybe they're getting ready for a spinoff where where now the aliens do matter yeah it's true maybe because there's this there there is a new spinoff coming out that looks a little weird it's called walking dead the world beyond maybe we'll just maybe we'll just retcon it and tie in falling skies with it oh y'all didn't know this yet when we made falling skies it was a walking dead sequel (laughs) hey i'm okay with that i like comic book company would do I like that sounds like something a comic book would do. I oh, like Falling yeah. Skies. I was sad whenever it went away. Uh, yeah. It, it ran its course, so they gave it a good ending. Yeah, they did. That's true. But I haven't but, been watching much else except for a lot of Star Trek. 
Yeah, Star Trek is great. Yeah, I've I, just been. I actually, I watched a couple episodes of Picard before we before we came on. Oh, you air, did! So. Yay! You all caught up? I am not all caught up. No, there's I at need... least one out we hadn't watched. No. What? No, we watched it whenever I was sick. We watched it when I started coming down sick on Saturday. I'm just going to ask y'all because y'all, have, I'm starting to get a little bit of a feeling about this show. I'm not going to get into that too much. Let me let me watch a couple more episodes and get all the way caught up. But wh- what are y'all thinking about it so far? Tell me where you're at. Like, what happened in the last episode you watched? I am on episode four. Okay. Okay, so episode four, have they made it to the board cube yet? The Picard and his people have not, no. Okay. Have they stopped off at the, the, the Romulan outpost or whatever it is? Free Cloud? They're on their way to Free Cloud. They're on their way to Free Cloud. Okay, yeah. So they they picked up um, Elnor already. The the guy who looks like Legolas, except his hair's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So they they're on Free Cloud. Have they done any stuff on Free Cloud yet, or have they just made it? No, I haven't finished the episode yet. You haven't finished the episode. Okay. So, speaking of cons, this is my pitch. We're all going to go as a group of these people that beam down into this nightclub on Free Cloud because, oh my gosh, like the, the pimp look that, um, that the captain is sporting is just too much. And then Picard and his eye patch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Episode four might have been my, if I'm recalling correctly, might have been my least favorite episode I've seen so far. Um, I guess we're on six. Yeah, I think so. I started worrying that it was going to take some weird turn and go off somewhere I didn't care about. But I found that the last couple episodes that I watched, I liked better than that one. Mm-hmm. So I'm still enjoying it at this point. Okay. Well, good. I'm, I'm going to keep watching this. It's got its moments so far. For the most part, I just want the character to feel the same. And I started to kind of sort of feel like he was a little bit more like old Xavier and then at the end of episode three you could kind of see him take command again you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah and and that's what I want so yeah no I, I think you start to see the uh, the captain come back once they're in space yeah and on the ship I think you see see the old Picard kind of start to show through again yeah and I think more so as it as it goes along. In fact, a few times that he's, you know, oversteps, uh, for, forgets he's not on his ship. And starts issuing right, orders. Right. Yeah. In a year, when I finally caught up with everything Star Trek and I start watching Picard, I'm sure I'll think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that then. <laughs> they, um... They do, though. There are there are a few little inconsistencies. The the whole deal with the Romulans hating synthetic technology or whatever. Whenever there's a an episode in Star Trek: That Generation where the Romulan admiral tells Data, there's a whole team of engine of Romulan engineers who would love to meet you because they were studying synthetic life. You know what I mean? And now all of a sudden, right. It's taboo in Romans in Roman. They're based on the Romans. Mm-hmm. It's taboo in Romulan society. And it, it, there's, a, there's some inconsistent stuff. And it, it kind of has like a, 
Battlestar Galactica feel to it with yeah. sort of the, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm just wondering, <clears throat> I'm just wondering really where it's going. So David, did you do your homework this week? By I the way, my, yes, I did my homework this week. Did, I, did I haven't really left the house this week. Yeah. I'm fully caught up. I have seen uh, star Trek four, the voyage home and star trek five the final frontier awesome and this is gonna be quite the conversation uh last week you were saying oh i can't wait for you to watch the voyage home and i was like i wonder why you can't wait for me to watch the voyage home oh that's why you couldn't wait for me to watch the voyage home now uh, you know i texted you during the middle of me watching it dad and do you remember what i said I remember. I'm letting you tell the story. Just yeah. go with it. I said, "Whales. They're going back in time to find whales." <laughs> this is going to be an interesting conversation tonight. And all I have to say is, "Wow, somebody in charge of these movies must have been really passionate about saving the whales." <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was kind of what's kind of a big movement, right? No, that, the, that kind of falls the in the middle of that movement, which was. Um, I mean, you still had several large nations on Earth that were still doing massive amounts of whaling. Um, and there was a big movement. That was the big, one of the big ecological movements of that era was Save the Whales. When you hear that Save the Whales slogan, that's the era it came out of. Mm-hmm. The first Save the Turtles. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well... It was kind of cool to see them. I mean, I that, okay. I don't even know where to start with this movie. Um, and I know Marisha, you you. This is your assignment too. Yes. So uh, I'm sure you have plenty to say, and we'll just have to go back and forth. I don't even. So it starts, you know, pretty normal. It's like oh, okay, yeah. So they're still in Vulcan. They're gonna get on their ship and they're gonna go home. The voyage home. Wonder what's gonna happen. That's gonna. I'm sure there's gonna be some kind of you know. Right, something that gets in their way, and then there's this wheel weird probe, and I actually think it's really funny because when I was hearing the probe, I was like, "That sounds like whales." <laughs> and you didn't even know, and I didn't even know. And then Spock's like, "It's a whale." I'm like, "Okay, it's a whale." Oh God, are they going to go back in time to find whales? And right. then Kirk's like, "Calculate time warp." Oh my God, they're going back in time to find whales. <laughs> like it just all unraveled. And it's so, it was so predictable yet unpredictable at the same time. It was like there's no way they're doing that, and they and they, they did. did. And yeah. I cannot decide if this is my favorite Star Trek movie or my least favorite so far. <laughs> it's definitely it's, it's one or the other own thing. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's got its moments. You know, it's got its moments that it's just like. Again, you know, and the interpersonal thing I think has been my favorite thing going back and watching these movies. So there's definitely some, uh, you know, kind of, you know, back and forth. Um, oh my gosh, Spock! Spock tried to curse. Was like the best <laughs> thing ever. It's <laughs> the time for a colorful metaphor. Yeah. Well, it was one of the first ones where they they really kind of embraced some level of silliness. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely the funniest movie. Oh, like it had the you know good. Scotty Scotty's whole thing trying to you know build the you know get the stuff built to get the whales back. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, it's such a weird quest, and I, I love how uh, Bones kept pointing out how ridiculous this is. <laughs> like he kept saying, like we're gonna go back. Like they're they're so self aware of it that it makes me okay with it. You know, yeah. Like, the entire time, it's like they know what they know what they're doing, and and of course Bones is the perfect character to be like, what the frick are we doing, Jim? Like are you gonna <laughs> stop? Like, and, and and Kirk's reactions are always so funny to it. It's like. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Like he's so it's like so we're gonna go back and your plan is to go back in time and get whales and bring them back here to talk to the probe to get it to stop attacking Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's that's what I'm of gonna course. do. <laughs> that why not? Yeah, it's um and, Oh and Bone Benone, you know, he was kind of he was kind of the persnickety old man in the original series, and like the more time goes on, the more persnickety he gets. He just gets grouchier and grouchier every every time <laughs> yeah. we see him. It seems like he puts up with less and less he's a lot more straightforward every time. And that, that's yeah. the thing I love about these movies and I keep talking about. I love how these movies are very straightforward. Uh, we'll get to the final frontier, but it was a little less like that. But but I just love how it's like this is what we're gonna do, and we're gonna do it. You know, the no wasting time, no messing around. Like this is what we're gonna do, and we're gonna do it. And Kirk's a big, uh, a big pusher of that because, and and I think William um, Shatner gets better and better every yeah. time. I think he does a better and better after every movie, and uh, yeah. gets more into it. And and you can see that in the evolution of the character. And I love the relations between the characters. Like you were yeah. saying, the, all the interpersonal stuff. I mean, even even as weird as this movie is, uh, what keeps it feeling like the others is, is the relationships between the characters and yeah. watching that grow and, and their interactions together are so, so hilarious. This movie was hilarious. I, I laughed out loud so many times. Um, it's probably the funniest one. Uh, you like Italian? No. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm asking for a nuclear vessels. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a Wessels. while since I've seen this one. Didn't Sulu have to learn to fly a helicopter? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sulu had to, yes. to fly a helicopter. He was very proud yeah. of his helicopter flying skills. Yeah. But yeah, no, the was- best is is the uh, clearly Russian guy in the middle of the Cold War walking around, running around, uh, you know, the city asking, who, can you show me where the nuclear vessels the are? nuclear yeah. vessels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just doesn't just, understand the And they're problem. just looking at him. And then whenever they arrest him and he's like, what's your deal? And, you know, you know, they're all, you know, worried about the communists and the this and the that. And he's just mm-hmm. like, we have to go save the whales. <laughs> It's the only Star Trek movie that you have to understand what was going on in the world at the time it was made to get it. That, um, yeah, that makes sense. Because it is actually the only one set in the time it was made, primarily. Right. So, yeah. it, it is good. And my, my favorite scene in that movie, and I'm only going to mention because neither one of you did, is when Scotty and McCoy go to get some glass to build the aquarium. Mm-hmm. And yes. <laughs> Scotty said, what if I told you you could do the same job and only be one inch thick? Uh, we're going to do that. So they said, if I can use your computer and he starts trying to talk to the computer, just use the mouse. <laughs> Hello, computer. 
know, <laughs> just use yeah. the keyboard so he starts typing. That was a and the guy's like, how quaint. <laughs> oh, I love it when he's, he finds out it's transparent aluminum. Transparent aluminum? It takes years just to figure out the, ma- the matrix. And of course, like, Scotty, can I talk to you? He said, should we be doing this? Like, aren't we changing <laughs> history? Scotty said, how do we know he didn't invent the thing? <laughs> like, well, he did now. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, what's the difference going to make? And, and whenever um, they need money, so he sells the glasses. And then Spock's yeah. like, wasn't that a birthday present? He goes, that's the beauty of it. It still will be. <laughs> like, like, at some point in the future, it's going to end up there. And I love, uh, I love Scotty talking to McCoy like he's his assistant. He's like, can my can my assistant come? <laughs> like he, he just glares he at him. Just, yeah, he was just eating it up. He was so excited to to, to do that. Yeah. Um. Uh. What McCoy's has a great line. He's like when he's trying to talk to Spock about about like what what it was like dying, and Spock's like, oh, you have no frame of reference. And McCoy's like, um, I need to die to have a conversation with you. <laughs> Like such great moments, and that's the thing. Even though, as weird as this movie was compared to the others, it still s- felt very Star Trek because of the just because of the characters. Yeah. Um, now we have weird whale lady in the future. Uh, I I liked her. I hope she shows back up in in uh, in another movie. Yeah, I really do. I did like her a lot, and I like I said like, but there's a lot of this movie that's like. It, it, Sometimes the social comment, and I know that Star Trek is huge on social commentary. That's a that's a big staple of it. It's it's very important. I think it's great, but sometimes it's so obvious in this one that it kind of takes me out of it. Where it's so obvious that this movie was only made because somebody in that writers' room really cared about the whales, right? And that's okay. And yeah, I, but it's it's it it is also balanced out by them acknowledging how ridiculous it is that yeah. they're going to build a a whale tank in the bottom of their ship and oh beam <laughs> and the spock whales was yeah spock was started swimming in the in the whale tank it's like talking to it <laughs> yeah uh i loved it so many f- laugh out loud moments for me watching this movie it's 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 one i'll definitely rewatch just because of how funny it was yeah i think so i thought it was a really fun very it is very cleverly dumb, but you you also watched Star Trek Five, right? I did watch Star Trek Five. Yeah, I watched part of it. One of my kids decided to start having strep symptoms in the middle of it, and I had to go yeah. to the doctor and the yeah, all that's the fair. things. I figured you probably got okay. um a little. Uh, well, I tell you what, we'll we'll wait till next week for Star Trek Five, so Mercy has had a chance to see all of it. Yeah, that's fine because okay. we we did. Yeah, we did four tonight, so we can wait another week. Yeah. We keep doing one movie a week. I'll just say, wow, okay. <laughs> on uh, on one more Star Trek note, though, I don't know if y'all follow Shatner on Twitter. Well, he has started posting his captain's log, star date of self imposed <laughs> quarantine, uh, <laughs> self imposed isolation. <laughs> and so he, he's been posting his isolation as uh, Captain's Log. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. That is really funny. I love like the I love the Captain's Log stuff in the movies and I love how that's how that sort of books bookmarks all of the movies and 
mm-hmm. putting where it's at. Oh man, now we're gonna talk about Final Frontier. Okay, I know how you felt last week. I'm sorry. Uh, I totally <laughs> understand it now. It's okay. But I, I really liked, I, I really liked the voyage home. Even though, like, at certain points in the movie, I was like, I don't like this movie. But that's like, I really like this movie. But then I was like, I don't like this movie. Even though it's a and little it weird kept- and kind of preachy, it's still fun. But I'll tell you, I'll say this for it: if you really wanted to show a kid. A yes. Star Trek movie and and have them get interested in Star Trek. It's the movie. It's the one that that made me. It was my the first Star Trek movie that I remember really really enjoying and was kind of one of my launching points, other than the original series, into Star Trek. Hmm. That's a that 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 makes perfect sense, and I could see a kid really being interested in it and getting just enough of the of the sci-fi stuff well i do love the change of pace but the the humor and the commentary made in this movie is easier for a kid to understand what the commentary is that's true um it's not super complex at all it's just like it's not okay to kill whales like this like it's that simple and 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 some of the commentary can get kind of complex and so you're right. It introduces them to exactly what Star Trek is, even though it takes place in the um, at the time what was the modern day. But I think that makes for an interesting. I think it makes for a really nice change of pace when watching all these movies. Because mm-hmm. you know, Wrath of Khan and The Search for Spock are pretty serious movies, and then you get this pretty goofy, fun little movie that I just I had a blast watching it. It was so fun watching them back in the time and. Easily the funniest movie mm-hmm. uh, of them that we've seen. Yeah, I think it's fitting that they they chose a moment to do that because the series was that way too, where you had a lot of very serious episodes, mm-hmm. but they they also had and a lot of social commentary. But they also had no problem taking a side to an episode sometime that had more humor in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and it so it was it was nice to way. see that introduced into the movie side of it. And they did that again, you know, you'll see some more of that kind of stuff later down the road in some of the uh, TNG movies. Yeah, that's cool. That's going to be interesting when we start jumping into those, because those there aren't many uh, original series movies left, huh? In fact, I think there's just... There are two more. There, there's five there's and seven? six, right? No. Uh, you have The Final Frontier, and mm-hmm. then you have... Uh, episode six, I'm in Star Wars mode, I guess. Mm-hmm. You have Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country, and then you have Generations. Generations okay. kind of ties the two together. Okay. So yes, there is a William Shatner appearance in Generations, but that is, for all intents and purposes, that is a next generation movie. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Wow, I'm going to run these movies that I'm watching for this homework, and I'm definitely going to have to go back and and watch and really start watching the." Uh, original series because i'm gonna miss these characters a lot mm-hmm. uh i've really grown attached to them in the movies i've been watching like after the first one i was attached but especially now like mm-hmm. i feel like i really know them i really care about them a lot and yeah i think it'll be interesting for me to go back and sort of it's in a reverse order where now i'm gonna watch how they got to this point in their relationship right. and and what they've been through and and, and that's the best part of the whole movies and you'll never watch sci-fi the same after you watch uh, Star Trek, the original series, because you like you watch it and you realize, huh, like all the sci-fi is, you know, all, mm-hmm. all the space theme themed sci-fi yeah. is just riffing on themes 
that they did in the 60s. I mean, right. the, the things that they did are still so relevant that they still make sci-fi with, with those same tropes. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Roddenberry was a visionary. Yeah. 100%. And, and that's another, I, had, I have a lot of notes on it. And that brings up a note that I don't think we've touched on too much in talking about this, but this is easily one of the most diverse series that I've ever seen. And especially to be like all the way back then mm-hmm. to have these main characters. Like now, if you have a show like that, it's a big deal. So can yeah. you imagine just what it must have been like back back in the 60s when you start the show and there's the main characters are a black woman, an Asian man, a Russian, like, like um, and an alien and, and an alien. Captain. Right. Yeah. And the cat, right, like that's so incredible. And at some point, you need to go delve into the history of the making of Star Trek, how it got launched. Uh, it's very interesting. The network wasn't super thrilled about it. Um, and I had it imagine, not yeah. been for Lucille Ball, it might not have happened. Really, that's that's that does sound interesting. And I would imagine that not even just the diversity, but just like the it's a very weird show. Like now, sci fi is everywhere, but right, and sci fi was still a thing then. But you're right, everything now is. It starts from that, and that's because before Star Trek, there really was nothing like it was there. Right, no. it, it really was one of a kind. And and you're right. I think I, I've ar- I've already been noticing that. Like um, one of my favorite game series is Mass Effect. Yep. And since I've been watching Star Trek, now I go back and I play Mass Effect. I just started a new playthrough, and I'm like, oh, they stole that from Star Trek. Well, Mass oh, of- Mass Star Effect. Trek. If you actually go back and read the history, are you aware of how Mass Effect ended up getting made? Uh, not entirely. Are, but you, I would are you aware that it was supposed to be KOTOR 3? I did know, yeah, because Bioware. That's yep. right, because Bioware was going to I do know that. Uh, Lucasfilm pulled the plug on KOTOR 3, and Bioware went, what do we do with this game now? And mm-hmm. so they basically turned it, they added a very Star Trek element to it, mm-hmm. and went totally sci-fi took the mysticism of the force out of it explained everything with science and moved forward and you got a really great series out of it yeah you really did it's one of my favorites and it's it's very star trek and it makes me excited to watch more sci-fi and to see where where it got its influence from star trek and it makes me excited to see more star trek and my dad's always said that he's a bigger Star Trek fan than he is Star Wars, probably. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're yeah. insane. You know, but I, I get it. I, I, I totally understand why people love this series so much. It's yeah. so timeless, so endearing. And even in these wacky movies, like these last two, like The Voyage Home, and, and we won't talk about The Final Frontier, but that one's a bit out there as well. It still manages to remain this really great series. And it's, it's so much fun to watch just because of the characters and the elements that it tackles. And I'm a huge fan. I'm really glad I've been watching them. We're glad we turned yeah. you to the uh, to the dark side. The light side. The light side this or something. The, I, w- I was on the dark side. Ah, uh, okay. You've, you've, you've <laughs> crossed over to the light. You've renounced uh-huh. the dark. And, okay. We're going we're gonna to mix our metaphors here just a little bit, just for kicks. Right. Well, I understand, right. you know, you, you say welcome to the dark side, but I feel bad calling Star Trek the dark side true yeah <laughs> that's probably there are probably m- more many other things that we talk about that could be m- much more accurately classified as the dark side yeah. <laughs> one, you're right. one of the things i really enjoyed about doing this show is being able to 
introduce David to this stuff finally. Mm. And I like Andrew's idea. We're going to introduce him, and I'm sure there's things Marisha can be introduced to as well, to some of these things we've enjoyed. And, and I like getting the first the first time viewers' opinion on some of this stuff. So yeah, yeah. Well, but, you um, know, we definitely we ran a poll when we got ready to launch this, uh, you know, launch this podcast, and some of the things. I mean, people wanted to hear us talk Trek. They wanted to hear us talk Firefly, X Files. All those things that I grew up loving, and so having David here, who has never been introduced into those things, is a lot of fun. And it'll be interesting to get his takes on those things. And maybe us old people need to get a few pointers from him for things to watch and remain a little relevant. <laughs> well, we we've been on for a while now, but uh, next time we do this, Andrew, you've been rewatching X Files, right? I have. Yes. Okay, we're gonna get some. Uh, we're gonna have some X Files content next time. So, people out there who want to hear some more X Files, we're getting a fresh look at it. Have have some fresh takes on it after having not watched it some of these episodes in twenty years at this point. So, um, where, can, where can I watch X Files? Hulu. Hulu. Great. Yes, it's on Hulu. And Andrew right. sends you a list of must-watch X Files episodes. Yeah, because okay. now I have a lot of time on my hands. So, This is what I want to know, though, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And you're going to know the episode I'm talking about when I start mentioning it. The banned X-Files episode, is it on Hulu? Honestly, I haven't looked. You know the one I'm talking about, though, right? I do. I'm going to have to go look. Currently that's Googling on, banned X-Files. That's, that is on the must-watch list for David. Yeah, I'll have to go look and see and, if that and just Okay, so people at home know I'm not telling my little child to watch something that's not suitable for television, according to Fox, who would not air this episode but once. I think I've I'm heard telling my 21-year-old son who can handle it. He's, it, He's a it, grown It's up. okay. <laughs> right. It's, it's called Home? Fourth season, second episode. I, I yeah. love the band X-Files episode, Home. That is I it. I think I've heard about this. Okay, that one, the one where they go to Florida and investigate Postelayon. Yep. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. That's a good one. And there were a couple of really excellent episodes in this last season they did. Yeah, Home Home is crazy. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to look and see if that one's on there because that's a great episode, too. That's a season four, episode two. You haven't gotten there yet, have you? No, I'm still in season two. Can I can I read out the uh, the synopsis of Home? It's Sure. The Peacock family burying their child alive due to its graphic nature. Home became the first episode episode of X Files to receive a viewer discretion warning. That's ins- okay. This is exciting. I ain't watching that. Oh, yeah, he just <laughs> hit the script. Yeah, there you go. It, yeah. it wouldn't. It, there wouldn't even be a question about You're area today. It, son. You're spoiling it. Quit reading. You're spoiling okay. it. Sorry. But I can tell you, there wouldn't be even a question about airing it today. It would air no problem. Yeah. Probably That's so. interesting, because usually it's the other way around. Usually it's like, oh, this thing aired, and it got, a, like, Simpsons got away with this messed up joke. That would never go now. It, that's different, though. Humor, people have become less tolerant of humor and more tolerant of violence and graphic content. I think you're right. This, one, this one aired and people wigged out. Like, yeah, because it doesn't sound that bad. It's I am watching an episode about very, burying children alive. It's a very memorable episode, though. Mm. 
right, see well, that's my issue is like I will I I enjoy things about X Files, but Andrew made me start watching it with him one time, and we got to like the creepy, creepy episode, and I was like, I'm done, I'm out. She hit Victor Tombs, and she checked out. Nope, Slytherin, <laughs> and and nope, mm-mm. nope, um, not doing it. So I yeah, I'll I'll send a list, but I, I mean, you really need to start X Files by watching the first two episodes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, sure. I wouldn't watch any X-Files until you watch episode one and two. I will. So I guess we're doing X-Files this week. I said we're going <laughs> to do it next week, but here no. we go. Well, well, we'll do X-Files next week after uh, some yeah, people, we'll you know, David, I, Marisha probably needs to rewatch those as well. The yeah. the first the first couple of episodes really established the mythology mm-hmm. of the grand, grand storyline. Right. Like, you have... So David, with this with X Files, you're basically getting you have a a a large arc that runs through the entire series, broken up by basically monster of the week episodes. Okay. So gotcha. the first two are pretty critical to introducing you to the mythology. So start there. All right. Yeah. So I'll start there, and then just send me some episodes because if. Like the important story ones, because you know, Monster of the Week is cool and all, but oh no! Now don't Monst- get me wrong; some of the Monster of the Week episodes are are the best ones. Uh, I, I'm sure, and I'll check out the important ones. I'd love to, but, but it's like to understand how to understand the character of Fox Mulder, who's the main character. You have to see the first two episodes. All right, gotcha. <sighs> We'll and more of it will be filled in as you go. You start to understand more and more. But, yeah, my my favorite episodes, if I made a top ten list, the my top ten is all Muster of the Week episodes. It honestly is. The greater, that's one of those shows that the greater plot of it, while interesting and engaging and well done, is not what kept me coming back to that show. It is the monster of the week stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they did it in a way where the, the overarching plot of that show really is just weaved in little by little. Yeah. And it, it does stay pretty much a procedural. We'll, we'll call it that. Yeah. And those, those are my, my 10 favorite episodes would all wouldn't be focused on the major arc of the, of the series. But anyway, it, great series. This is the kind of stuff we like to talk about. That's why we did this show. And we'll get into that in more detail next week. We got into more detail. We got into more detail than I wanted to this week about it, but <laughs> uh, I'm glad we did. So we just can't help uh, ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we are, we are done for the night though. Um, as you can tell, we, sometimes we get going and don't want to stop, but that's all we've got tonight. So until next time, Andrew, where people can find you on the internet. All right. People can find me running the Twitter account for this show at, Sci underscore fictionary or for our other podcast at crew cru underscore podcast you can check us out at that podcast at coruscant radio underground where we cover everything star wars and you can drop us a line at the science fictionary at gmail.com and marisha marisha you can find marisha mostly on instagram princesses underscore and underscore padawans also princessandpadawans.com and p padawans on twitter because I make cute costumes for my Padawans. And that's what I mostly do on the internet. All right. And David, what about you? You guys can find me on my YouTube channel, which is now called Creative D&D. 
The D&D doesn't stand for Dungeons and Dragons, but if you get it confused, that's okay, because I do videos on that as well. And you can find me on Twitter at stay underscore creative DD. All right. And until next time. May the force be with you. <laughs> Hang on, wait. Wait, I have a list. <laughs> what? I meant to say. <laughs> what? Okay, until next time, what, Daniel? I meant to say, we'll see you next time. That's what I, do it. I don't know. Cut that in. Okay, just, just say it. I can say until next time and let that be the end of it. It would have been okay. Okay, well, you can just, just cut yeah. me out then. Yeah, just I cut it. Okay. Right. No, but you didn't say, but you said it like, and until next time, like, like, like there was a dot, dot, dot to that. <laughs> like, like there was something else coming.